look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifier. Initiating startup sequence. Welcome back to the Bishop O'Connell English Department Roundtable Podcast here at Bishop O'Connell High School in Arlington, Virginia. It's not really Arlington, Virginia, but we say Arlington, Virginia. That's our mailing address. Um, we're here off of Little Falls Road in uh, sunny, rainy Arlington. And today we're talking about podcasting in a very breaking the fourth wall kind of meta podcast here. We're podcasting about podcasting and talking to an expert on podcasting who's presenting on podcasting in a podcast. Now I'm just gonna stop using that word. Um, with you as always, I'm Mr. John Meehan from our school's English department. Um, if you're a first time listener, it's great having you guys with us. We're so excited to um, you know, take a few moments of your day and, and talk shop. Um, if you are a regular listener, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, this podcast is published every week. We reach uh, parents, students, uh, faculty, and of course the supporters of Bishop O'Connell High School all throughout um, the greater Arlington area. Um, and we have a weekly listenership of uh, upwards of, you know, uh, every week we publish in our school's Blitz, it's a Friday publication, um, it goes out to all of our parents and families, um, over a thousand people get these emails every week, um, and re regularly our subscribers numbers are pretty good, uh, we have a few hundred people every week tuning into the podcast, so thank you again for sharing in our nerdery, uh, that's sort of fun. Um, joining in this podcast about podcasting today is um, fresh off of a really cool presentation which we'll just talk about, uh, Mrs. Courtney Lewicki. How are you this morning, Miss Lewicki? I'm doing well. Are you ready to podcast about podcasting? Sure. That sounds great. Um, so maybe for, for listeners at home, um, typically we release our podcast, new episodes come out every Friday. Yep. And this is, I think, like episode 90 or 91, so it's been, it's been... It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a minute. Uh, we've been doing this every week, um, no pressure, uh, every week having new content uh, coming right. on the web. Um, and this week we're actually publishing a day early because you are somewhere special, yes? Yes. So um, this is like, through the magic of the internet, we're able to release this early, <laughs> but we're actually not here right now. I, I'm in Seattle and you're in... Williamsburg. Williamsburg. And not just for fun, because I'm sure there are lovely places to see. Um, you are actually presenting this year at the Virginia Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development, VASCD's annual conference. Yes. yes. And your presentation is about... Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a perfect time to talk about uh, how we use podcasting and things yes. like that. Um, now to put you on the spot a little bit, um, I remember when you when you joined the O'Connell faculty. I, I think now this is your second year at O'Connell, yes. yep. but I met you two and a half years ago. I guess at the yes. end of the school year. Yes. Um, you just kind of happened through, and you like getting your books and getting your course curricula. Right. And uh, I think Mrs. Cernigli was giving you a tour of the building. Yeah. And I met you the first time, and I said, "Oh, you're joining the English department." He said, "Yes." Yeah. And that, that was our conversation. <laughs> I said, "Cool. What's your favorite thing uh, to read?" And you had mentioned like British literature, yep. Jane Austen. And I said, "Do you want to do a podcast about that?" <laughs> yes. And I'm sure <laughs> that was very overwhelming um, and then came on very strong and scared you away from right well it was much much more like rapid fire at that point it was like oh who's your favorite author what's your favorite time period and oh what's your favorite book yeah that sounds like me yeah. that mm -hmm. sounds like a thing to do um, and, and, and to your credit rolled with the punches yep. and um, even though podcasting may not have been something you've done at your previous school uh, when you not. joined O'Connell um, it's become sort of like a, 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 sort of the air we breathe around here. Yeah. And maybe I want to, you know, kind of yield the floor to you and let you talk a little bit about what that's like, um, just to have the, the 
for anyone who may not be um, familiar, I mean, they're listening to a podcast, so they know how that works. Um, <laughs> not the making of a process, but just sort of the idea of, of what a podcast, like why why does it have a reason for being? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you've been like kind of a rock star since joining the faculty about being members of, of our podcast and right. family. So what does that look like? Well, it could be for any number of reasons. So it could be the faculty getting together and talking about different things that are in related to the community or related to your content um, or something that's kind of going on that you guys are excited about, but it could also be student directed and driven. Um, I've done both. Um, the, the faculty ones are always uh, interesting because we could talk about teaching strategies or strategies for the students to use, so it's kind of like a almost like a flipped classroom concept. Yeah. They go home and they, they hear the content and they can look for those things as they're reading rather than waiting until they come into class or being sure. confused as they're processing something. But um, the student-driven ones are a little more fun. They <laughs> yeah. You never quite know where they're going to go with something. But That's the story of teaching in general. You never right. know where the conversation is going to go in right. the classroom. But it's so genuine to them. Like they, They'll come in and they're usually very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they kind of warm up to it once they get started and they realize that it's just a conversation about you know typically the content in the class um, but they bring in so many other elements to it as well like connections to their own lives or things that they've read or movies that they've seen Um, so it's it's a very universal accessible concept i think and it's it's really it's just that as a conversation right Um, and that's how i explain it to them is i tell the students before they do it that this is just like a bunch of friends sitting down having coffee or tea or hot chocolate or whatever you're... Apple cider. It's that time of year. We're in apple cider season. Um, So you sit down and you're just talking with a bunch of friends about something that you have in common. And for my class, just happens to be literature. Literature. So So you're able to leverage different student perspectives. And you were joking earlier uh, that in addition to having the students take part in the podcast, a big part of it is afterwards the debriefing. Um, Right. You know, what I'll always do when I have my students podcast um, is I'll record it, and these episodes get published every week on iTunes, we'll talk about some of that later, um, but I always send the raw sound file to the yeah. students first to give them a chance to sort of screen it and say, hey, if you don't feel comfortable having this on the internet for the whole world to listen to, yeah. I completely understand. Um, part of me thinks of it as like a 21st century uh, version of like when you come home with a, a gold star and your paper mom used to hang right. it in the fridge. Right. Now everyone has nice steel appliances and we don't do that anymore. But yeah. like that was the thing in like the well, 80s and I mean, I, 90s. The first time I did it, I bragged to my parents. I was like, guys, I'm on iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I posted it to like, you know, my, my, my professional Twitter account and I have, yeah. you know, some followers there and I got a few likes. My mom liked it. And I'm so proud, you know, right? Um, hey, mom, do you want to listen to my podcast? Um, but it is, it's a, it's a sort of a nerdy way to show off what's already happening in so many classrooms, which right. is just conversation. Um, but allowing the students a chance to, to kind of debrief on it gives them a chance to hear themselves back on tape. You know, yeah. I, and I get feedback from parents, uh, you know, Mr. Mehan, you talk too fast, and I have to always watch that. Or <laughs> love the energy in your classroom that sounds like you're excited, which is a good, good thing to hear, it's a good problem to have. Um, but when you had students who kind of gave you some feedback, there was somebody who gave you some funny feedback about right. the, their first podcasting experience as a student. Right, I mean, some of the students, um, whenever we do anything dialogic, whether it's recorded or not, they kind of start to feel the pressure to, um, to speak up, but in part that's kind of why we do it, is I want the kids to um, push themselves, to be challenged, to to do things that they might not always do or might not always feel comfortable doing. Um, but that's, again, like part of the learning process. You have to take a risk um, in order to gain anything out of it. Right. Um, and 
fortunately, like these students, they've known each other for a little while. We've gotten to know each other, myself included, um, and we can sit down and we can have a conversation and trust each other in it that, um, you know, we'll kind of go wherever it leads or, you know, no one's going to freak out if it completely bombs on a topic. But um, the when they get to think about it afterwards and they get to listen to themselves, they also start to identify part of the reason why we do it. So some of them said things like, I'm a better public speaker because um, I do things like this, or I you know, took a chance on this kind of assignment and now I find that I like it and I would do it again. Sure. Um, they learn things about themselves as they go through it, which is They talk too fast. I mean, like I said, I, I talked way too quickly. <laughs> and I know right. it. Um, but they also learn how to come prepared with notes to a conversation. Right. And, it, and a conversation, I mean, we, we talked about David Baum's book on dialogue, which is mm-hmm. just, a conversation is going to flow however it flows. And your right. ability to just participate in it is a sign of an educated mind in some ways, to, to feel those ins, like where the conversation is lagging, where there's more right. evidence needed. And just kind of, there's give and take um, in the rapport to it. Um, with a room full of 20 students, sometimes it can be intimidating. Right. Smaller group podcasts are great with five or six people because it really does allow an equity of voice. Um, and you don't know what you're going to be prepped for, so you really have to kind of prep right. for, for a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, you mentioned some of the reasons why we do it, too. Do you think there's a benefit for students um, that it is recorded and that even if it doesn't get published to like a place like iTunes, if it's just published to like the Google Drive or sent to them via email um, or hosted on like a classroom portal for students, um, what, what is one of the maybe some of the value of, of having a recorded like archive version of what a conversation sounded like on a certain time or space? Well, I think it, um, you know, it's like you said, always good for the, the reflection piece of it, the skills piece of it, but also for the content. So we're going to be prepping for midterms yeah. um, in the next couple of weeks. And my students have files of unpublished uh, podcast that we did as part of a class project and so even if it wasn't to iTunes they have copies right they have copies okay. of it and they um, are going to be able to refer back to that material because some of that material is material that they covered months ago mm-hmm. um, and you know sometimes students from not even just a length perspective but students who struggle with taking notes or processing things um, a recorded version of it allows them to go back and revisit that as often as they want yeah. to and it's not just oh you only have this one moment and this only like limited amount of time to understand something or to write something down right. or to ask a question now you can go back and you can review the content and you can come back in and ask questions or you can come back in and say like oh, okay I understand this more oh wait no I need to review that um, which is helpful because if you're listening on the way to school, if you have a long car ride, for example, right. you can kind of drill yourself on, oh, right, that's what the Scarlet Letter was about, right. or, or that's what Late Miz was about. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, if you have some extra time for studying, just to skip to that part of the conversation where it went a certain way and right. it helps you kind of hear it again. I mean, I, I equate it to like Netflix, you know, go yeah. back and watch the episode again, <laughs> like right. that binge watch, you just push the button and, and listen to it through. Um, I've recently gotten into audiobooks and it works the same way where it's like, I have a long car ride, I put it yeah. back and I could play it and pick up where I left off. Yeah. And it's pretty pretty great to to just let my thinking, you know, follow follow the conversation as it went. Um, you can also, this is a, a life hack, um, if you don't think your teachers talk too quickly, um, you can play it back at one and a half percent speed or, you know, 150 <laughs> percent speed um, and then cover a 15 minute podcast in like half the time, or right. one and a half the time. Um, which is great for a, a very quick crash course through yeah. stuff. Um, what would you say, I guess, one of the biggest challenges that some students face when they come into a podcasting environment might look like? I think that the thing they have to get over the most is really themselves. They come in and 
they sit down and they're like, whoa, there's a microphone here. Mm-hmm. And they kind of clam up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's really like the biggest, most difficult step is that they get past that. And it usually takes like some joke mm-hmm. or like some silly mistake that, you know, the kid blushes over, but nobody sees anything. Right. Nobody has any idea what's going and on. I like that too, us. because sometimes, you know, I'll tell everybody before we go on air, if you're freaking out, like, just give me the kill sign and I won't ever like direct a conversation towards you. Right. Um, let people who are feeling comfortable talk first. And then like we'll have a laugh. I mean, you hear it when we record the bells ring, the, yeah. the blockers slam. Like yeah. this is this is a reflection of, of an authentic conversation. We laugh, we sound right. stupid, you know, we trip over our words, uh, we misspeak. Um, it's part of the fun of it in, in some ways. Yeah, it's not meant to be perfect. It's right. just supposed to be a snapshot. Um, and like we said, the the ability to revisit it is in itself valuable. And that's what I think the students need to know the most is that it's going to be there for them when they need it, whenever they need it. Um, and it's not about like who spoke the most eloquently or who came um, with the most notes in front of them. Like None of that matters in the end because what actually happened in the conversation is what we care about. Right. And if your notes were good but you couldn't find your points, so then your notes weren't really that great. Right. Um, and or if you haven't committed all to memory, then maybe you don't take notes the same way and then that can work out right. too. I do think some people say that this is like... Um, that stand up in front of the class and do the presentation. There's a skill involved with that, and that yeah. takes time and it's nerves. And we all have in our jobs to communicate in a public fashion, some right. form of fashion. Um, I do think this is this is a lot like that, but at the same time, it's, it has unique challenges associated with it. It's, right. it's give and take in dialogue. It's allowing people, you know, I talk too much and I know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. it's, it's learning the critical art of listening, and um, you know, mirroring back when people are bringing up good points. So you can kind of go deeper with points, not just right. kind of. Everybody says their checkpoints, and right. I think the conversations after a while can run into that if you're not careful. Just, right. You just recap it. Yeah, I mean, when when we initially did it the first time with my students, it it was a requirement, and mm-hmm. I wanted them all to experience. And this is about lame is. Yes. Okay. So um, you, can you explain that briefly before? Right. It never so made it, the air, right? So. Right. <laughs> it was uh, a summer reading assignment for them, so this was visiting it maybe a month or two months after they'd actually read the novel. Okay. Um, so again, this is valuable for them because this is now three months past, like when that actually happened. Right. <laughs> so right. this is like six months since they really read it. Um, and, and for fellow teachers, if you are listening, like. This is a great trick for teachers too, because if it's a month or two after the kids have quote read the novel, you can see who actually read the right, novel exactly. very yeah. quickly in a graded yeah. conversation. Um, but so they uh, took some lyrics from the musical, and we listened to them in class together, and we took notes together, and they did group work together. So they had time and ways to process the material before we actually sat down for a recorded conversation, which okay. I definitely recommend for anybody thinking about starting a podcast or doing a podcast as an assignment. Um, let them kind of get their ideas out and makes them feel a little more comfortable going in. Um, like teeth them out in class before you get down to the recording. Right, so like don't um, cold turkey them. Don't mm-hmm. sit them right in front of a microphone and be like, yeah, so what did you think about playing this? Because that's not going to work. Got it. But um, they, you know, so they had all those opportunities and the ultimate question and the main point of the assignment was for them to kind of evaluate the musical in light of the characters that they, you know, analyzed and interpreted. Which is very high level. It's synthesis between multiple documents or multiple right. sources. Right. And even multiple eras because yeah. you've got Hugo who wrote you know, 100, 200 years before this musical even mm-hmm. happened. Um, and if they listen to the recorded version of the musical, it's, you know, which version of the recording or which television. Right, you know, right. Absolutely. Well, and I was also really purposeful in telling them that I didn't want them to watch the video. I wanted them just to listen. <laughs> I didn't want any kind of visual content with it. Um, so it's a critical listening exercise. Right, and exactly. And text comparison exercise. Yes. 
Um, so all these critical thinking skills, pulling it all together, and they um, they came in and they sat down, and uh, we you know, just had this conversation about, do you think this is really accurate? Do you think this is really what he intended? Is this what he really wanted to have happen with these characters? Were they portrayed really well? Were there any surprises? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, so... And each group had like a different song to focus on? Or well, the, the groups were actually mixed and they were mixed between classes too, okay. which was really nice. So they had um, different points of view that they wouldn't necessarily hear in their own classroom. Right, exactly. Okay, got it. Um, so the the kids had that opportunity to kind of sit down and talk about it. But then afterwards, I asked them to do a reflection uh, based on the recording that I sent them um, and whether or not they wanted to be published. And some students wanted it to be published, and some students were like, let's do this not again. Not so much. Um, and then others were, I don't really know. I wasn't really ready, but I would do it again. Mm -hmm. um, so it was valuable on multiple fronts. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a great opportunity for especially some of the kids who aren't as comfortable with writing or aren't as comfortable in front of large groups. Um, this is an easy way for them to access. They kind of find their voice. Yeah, they do. And definitely. That, I mean, like you know, the big spoiler: students don't pay attention to this part here. Um, this is for teachers. Like differentiation, it's mm -hmm. multiple ways to test the same stuff. Right. Um, because if a student can podcast on something, you can be reasonably sure that they have access to that information. So then you can right. say, hey, Bill, that was a great conversation piece, use that part for your essay. And it really kind of is that jumping off point, because there's always that critical reflection. I right. always have the writing piece attached to the presentation piece. Right. Um, and I also, I mean, like, again, to educators, talking about Bloom's taxonomy, or Bloom's new taxonomy, like the highest levels of the taxonomy, the hardest type of questions that you're just gonna ask, is to ask students to evaluate or to create things. Mm -hmm. right. um, we're kind of helping with the creation piece, because we're hitting the record button here. Right. But they have to create a dialogue that's seamless and free-flowing. And then they have to look back at it and say, how did I do, and what could I do better? Right. Um, it's forcing, you know, some really critical thinking skills are right at the forefront of that. Yeah. Um, do your students overall, overall, I mean, you mentioned that it was uh, unaired episodes, uh, right. but you sent it to them afterwards. Generally speaking, they were pretty positive, and they said that they'd love to do it again. Yeah, I think um, if they weren't, there were a few who were, like, the overwhelming, overexcited about, like, the whole process. Super students, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they were gung-ho about it the whole time. Um, and then there were a few who were like, oh, okay, this, this is better than doing an essay, so right. I'll do it. And then I had the few kind of reluctant ones, but the majority of them, by the end of the whole process, once they had like a day away from the whole thing yeah. and they got to listen to it again, um, they were like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd probably do this again. And the next time we do it, it will probably be an optional right. um, assignment for them, potentially. But something like either write a you know, a critical essay or mm -hmm. take part in a critical conversation. Right. If the goal is that they have mastery of the content, there's a, there's another time for essay writing, and that's absolutely right. something that needs to keep happening. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm very meta, this is very meta conversation. <laughs> if you were to ask your kids after any test, on a scale of one to 10, how much did you like that style of test? Um, most of the times, kids are like, I don't know, a test is a test is a test, yeah. and it feels like it's obligatory and maybe something that they felt like they had no ownership in. Right. This is a chance to really kind of flex those muscles and say, hey, if you have great things to say, bring it up. And right. if you need to navigate the conversation in a different way to, to emphasize things that you got out of it. If the goal of literature is to read and appreciate and be critical, mm -hmm. this, this is a great way to open it up to that. Right. Um, Let's talk very quickly about some of the other types of podcasts we've done. So we talked about the students, we've talked about book-specific ones, theme-specific ones. Um, you mentioned for a flipped classroom. Would you, right. as, as a teacher, this is, if there's no wrong answer, I'd <laughs> to say, um, would you consider like recording a lecture and using it as a podcast? Like, hey guys, it's Tuesday, we have no school because of snow, and here's my lecture for today's class. Um, I've definitely thought about it, and there are different apps and mm -hmm. like ways of doing that. Um, 
it's strange because I think I'm more of a podcast-like teacher than yeah. I am a like lecture type teacher. So I like the interaction between yeah. between the it's students. It's like a dialogue. And, right. It's all very organic. So mm -hmm. it just constantly develops. Mm -hmm. And to try and capture that and just me talking by myself mm -hmm. is kind of like a... It, is, it, it can be kind of challenging. <laughs> I'll, 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 as a pro tip for anybody who's look, listening outside, I've done a few. Um, I don't love them. I don't re release them here very frequently. Like it's, <laughs> when it's me just by myself running the podcast, it's like half the length of a regular podcast. Um, or I will do a recorded lecture and send it to students, but it's like five minutes of, you know, just things to look for. Right. Because I, I just, this is gonna sound vain for somebody who records a podcast every week, but I don't like the sound of my own voice over time. Right. I want my Very kids to be thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, but thank you. Uh, you your own voice, I got it. Um, but the give and take is what makes it fun. Right. Um, and in a classroom, if, you know, they say whoever talks the most is who, who learns the most at a certain point. So right. I don't want this to be just death by lecture. You know, instead yeah. of my boring voice in class, I have my boring voice on tape. Yeah. Uh, my jokes are way less funny on tape, I realize, afterwards. <laughs> um, but maybe there are other, other ways that you can use podcasting, because have you thought about giving it to your students and saying, all right, you now are in groups, and I'm not going to hear your podcast, just work together and send me like a recorded sample of a, of a dialogue that you guys have done together. Yeah. I mean, especially given like my preparation for leaving. Mm -hmm. um, I've considered things like in-class writings, I've considered things like doing something similar. Sorry, we should, we should back up. She says for leaving, she means for substitute. For substitute, That's not yeah. very dramatic, I realize looking back is like for leaving. Right, no, I'm not leaving forever. <laughs> so being out of class, like a, a right. assignment. Yeah, right, be. so if you set it up beforehand and you just say, oh, you know, we're scheduled to do like a discussion today, but for some reason you're sick mm -hmm. or you have to leave for a doctor's appointment or something like that, but you've done a podcast with the students before yeah. and you say, hey, we're covering the Aeneid, I want you to talk about something right. in the groups that we were in yesterday or in the groups that I've already set up for you and record it and then send it to me. Um, again, like the teacher has that evidence of what the students did in class that day, so there's no like copying out on the accountability piece. Every kid has to, sure. to do something or say something. Um, and then for the students, they also have that content to, to go back to at a later date. Which is helpful. Yeah. It's easier to grade than a stack of essays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I can listen to it in the car, right? It's, right. Hard, it's hard to grade essays in the car. They kind of frown on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've also done things like man on the street style interviews where you kind of go asking you know, people, uh, you know, last, last week, I think, what were you thankful for? O'Connell High School, right. just door to door to door to door on that. Um, we've done uh, focus groups of people who are, have new cool initiatives, like this is a cool initiative right. for a podcast. Um, people who are experts in your building, things mm -hmm. uh, to talk about uh, yeah. about that. If you have a, I don't know, somebody who maybe a text expert right. or a life expert about something. Um, any other type of like special episodes that you can think of that we, we've either done or you, you, you'd think to do as a podcast? Just, just right. Well, we've we've done. Um student productions, things like that, yeah. here at the school, any performances. Um, we've also done, like, introducing new faculty. Mm -hmm. The summer reading is always a big hit because yeah. that's incoming students and parents who have no idea or no experience. Getting a feel for what's going on. Right. Yeah. And then um, uh, we did the papal visit when yeah. Pope Francis came. Not from. in our curriculum, but it's just part of our school's identity. We're a Catholic right. school. So yeah. uh, I think it was you. You sent me Yeah, that was my idea. I was, I, was, I was on the mall that morning with my parents going to see the Pope, and I got a message that says, can we talk about this speech? Because it's kind of good. And I was like, yeah, like right. when? And you're like, tomorrow. <laughs> so I came in early and like, you know, had right. coffee and yeah. Red Bull and, and made a podcast. Right. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really anything that you're excited about or anything that's going on at the school or yeah. with the students or with the teachers because you can take it in so many different directions. For us, it's with our students because we're teachers and we're in the classroom, but if you're like a lead teacher or a department chair or even an administrator, yeah. you can take it to just like the the content or it could be the practices within the I remember when Mrs. Strinkley was at earlier this year, like we had recorded versions of the type of things she talked about in certain right. lectures. Um, and you said a few other classes. Like, yeah. That's a really helpful way yeah. for to making sure that two or three teachers are teaching the same kind of stuff Definitely. out of a book. Um, and I love it because just picking your brain and picking the brains of other teachers around us as we're teaching the same content, it, it gives me things to think about to have in my classroom. And then to make these available to my students that even if they don't like you know my take on something, if they have right. five extra minutes, to get another teacher's take so they can hear it's not just their crazy English teacher. Right, exactly. It's all of their crazy English <laughs> Um, so I personally should wrap about that before we call ourselves crazy any further. Um, any last advice, any sort of, you know, words to the wise, uh, one piece of takeaway, uh, you know, item of evidence, you'd say, hey, if you're thinking about podcasting in the classroom, I'd say blank. You know, just gonna... I'd say it's not as hard or as complicated as you think. Mm -hmm. It's only as hard or complicated as you want it to be. Okay. Um, so it's like small group work and all it is is recorded. So it could be as simple as that or it could be as complicated as, hey, I've got to have all these sound effects. And what if you're not a tech person? What would you say to those people who are like, I'm not a tech person? It's completely possible. Yeah. If, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> pull out your iPhone. There's a, there's a button right. there that says record. Or on your laptop, there's a microphone. Almost everything comes with like a camera now. So mm -hmm. it's completely possible and it again it doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles to be worth anything um that's just kind of the icing on the cake it makes it look pretty but if it tastes good too then who cares i like that metaphor <laughs> and, I, and i think our students I'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking on behalf of them maybe in error but they love it they really get geeked out when they hear their voices online and like that it's on their phones they're coming into class like hey i was listening to myself on the way into class right right I'm so proud to watch my students be proud of their work. Yeah. As a student showcase of what they're doing, it's just, I mean, it's, it, it warms my nerdy heart. You know? I think it's so relevant for them, too, because so much of their lives and so much of their interaction now is so digital mm -hmm. um, the, that they can walk around and, and have proof of what they're learning yeah. on a device or on the internet, which they use so frequently. Yeah. Um, it means something just a little bit more to them. Um, I don't even think about next steps, like when you're applying to colleges, like that yeah. you have podcasting experience and you could send someone and say, if you think I'm, my essay is good, you should hear me in discussion and this is what I sound like. It's, right. There's no hiding from it. It's, it's, a, it's a really neat way to speak their language right. while just really watching them speak everyday language. Right. <laughs> Got it. Um, well, thank you uh, for your time today, Mrs. Lewicki. Um, you're on Twitter. People can find you there. Yes. <laughs> you have a, a Twitter handle. You're at... At Lewicki DJO. So that's L-E-W-I-C-K-I-D-J-O. Yep. And I'm at Meehan DJO, so you can feel free to tweet at me. Um, Mrs. Lewicki, thank you so much for your time today. High five. Oh, Best of luck in your presentation. <laughs> um, I'll say hi and goodbye for the day from Seattle. If you have new ideas for us in this podcast, uh, when Mrs. Lewicki gets back from Virginia, uh, Williamsburg, Williamsburg. <laughs> and when I get, oh, I'm in Virginia now, and when I get back from uh, Washington State, uh, we'll have a new episode next week. Uh, super excited to just have this going on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Send us your ideas, and we'll see you again next week.